We believe running is freedom and empowerment. We believe running solves problems and makes people happy. We even believe that if more people run, the world will be a better place. We believe in running because it is our passion. This is the Big Peach Running Company Run ATL Podcast with your host, Mike Cosentino. From the capital of the South, my name is Mike Cosentino. This is the Run ATL Podcast. Thank you so very much for joining us on this pedestrian active journey. I am here with my good friend. You know him as well. Dolomite Dave Martinez, D2. Hello, sir. I have been looking forward to this conversation, the one between you and I that we're going to have right now for quite some time. And then, of course, we have a terrific featured conversation that I'm also very amped about. But you probably know why I'm so excited that you and I can just converse for a few moments. Oh, yeah. I mean, you want to know how the marathon went, right? I do. And I want the information just for me. I want it for all of our listeners who have been kind enough to track along with you on this journey. For those of you who are just getting up to speed, I'll give you the cliff notes. We had a conversation, certainly would encourage you to go back and listen to the entire episode with the mayor of running, Bart Yasso. And in that conversation, one of the things that Bart is known for certainly materialized and it was put on D2 to go out and do some of the Yasso 800s as a predictor for his marathon. We did those Yasso 800s. I'll give you the concluding results from those again. That was also in an episode. And now the final chapter, D2 heads to Jekyll Island to run his 26.2 with the pressure, perhaps even the burden of a PR almost as a necessity to make the Yasso 800s look good. So D2, without further ado, are you the proud owner of a new marathon PR? <laughs> uh, I am a proud owner of a marathon PR. Uh, so this is my fastest marathon to date. Um, I've only done four of them. And, uh, you know, there was a bit of pressure doing the Yasso 800s. Um, it's predicted a three-hour, 32-minute uh, marathon. And I did not reach that. I was not able to do that. Uh, and, and, you know, um, but, you know, this in no way discounts, you know, the method of the Yasso 800s because I want to clarify that, you know, I didn't really do any real track workouts uh, prior to this. The Yasso 800s was done, you know, 10 days before my marathon. So, you know, I had the ability to probably do a 332 um if I had done track workouts and had, you know, done a, a, you know, followed a workout similar to what Bart Yasso uh, has done to incorporate those 800s as part of the marathon training program, I did not. My goal was definitely to PR and beat my time of last year, which was a 3:59, and you know, I ended up training smarter. Um, I ended up running more mileage, and uh, I did go back and calculate. I did run 20% more. Um, I did do some interval training um, and got my long run, uh, you know, up from last year at 16 miles to 20 miles. And I knew going in based on everything that I would PR, it was a question of by how much. And my window that I had, you know, set it kind of as a goal was anything between a 345 and the 350, I would be happy with. And that's basically what I ended up uh, getting. Um, I ended up finishing up at a, at a 350, so I got a nine-minute PR. 
I was on track uh, probably for a, a 345. Um, I did share with you, Mike, uh, you know, my, my splits and they were fairly consistent. I mean, I'm, I'm really proud of, uh, of how I paced myself because I thought it was very consistent all the way up until about mile 22 where I started slowing down a bit. And that's where I lost maybe about five minutes worth of time where I, you know, went from a 345 to a, uh, 350. But overall, I'm happy. Um, you know, I don't feel that, you know, if I would have pushed any harder, you know, would I have, you know, have gotten, you know, finished any quicker. I think I, I paced myself conservatively. I paced, you know, the way that I had trained. And um, so we'll see. I mean, I'm, I'm happy with it. A 350 is a, is a good, solid, um, you know, marathon pace. I know that there's probably a lot of people that uh, would love to have, you know, run a, you know, a, a sub four hour, um, you know, marathon. I feel that after my fourth try, I'm finally starting to figure out, how to run a marathon and uh, because it's not easy to do. Um, I've, you know, my first one was over four hours. It's like four hour and 20 minutes. And little by little, I, I learn each and every single time. So it is a process. So for those of you that are out there who are trying to PR and, you know, reach a goal, it's, it takes consistency. It takes, you know, uh, work. It takes dedication. It can be done. But most importantly for me, because yeah, there's always that question of people like, well, you know, are you trying to qualify for Boston? And Boston for me is so far down that, you know, I, I probably need another 20 minutes to qualify for Boston or at least to get into Boston. And I started out, you know, training for this marathon with a very simple goal is that I wanted to be stronger going into this marathon than I was previously when I did my first marathon. And as I get into, you know, this year, I will be hitting the big 5-0. And for me, I want to be stronger at 50 than I was when I was half that age. Because I want to be smarter and be able to continue to run. And I feel that I'm on track with that. That for me, a 350 is a, a, is a great goal. And that's what's on deck for me for this year is I want to train smarter um, and be fitter and, and stronger than I was when I was half my age. And I'm there. And I, and I think it's encouraging for those uh, individuals to know that, wow, even though I'm getting older, I can actually get faster. So there is that kind of silver lining if, if you know, if you don't get, you know, um, you know, quite to, the, to that Boston, that BQ qualifying time. Well, that's awesome. And congratulations. And like you said, you were kind enough to send me those splits after your race. And I was amazed at the consistency, even when things did start to slow down a little bit in the last few miles. It was not a terrific fall off or it wasn't like you came off the cliff entirely and just barely muddled your way across the finish line. You finished strong. And I know that it was because of some of those things that you mentioned, the discipline, the consistency, the goal setting that you had at the onset to establish that new marathon PR and do what was required in order for that to happen. I was also glad when I saw those marathon split times that even though the Yasso 800s told us 332 was your average, we admitted that because it was so close to race day itself when we did those, we probably did somewhere between three and five 800s less than what Bart might have recommended. So that might have poked the time or the average time to be a little bit higher. And what I did not want to see was you go out at 330 pace 
and then pay the price and end up with something that wasn't a PR. So not only was your physical effort super strong, it seems like your mental game was totally tight and right on. Yeah, I mean, you know, one of the things and, you know, the mental toughness and, and you know, if, if you listen to, you know, our, um, you know, our podcast with Christian Griffin, you know, mental toughness is something that is is really important when it comes to these, these enduring races. Um, being strong, being committed, being able to push yourself and, and, and push your mind, push the doubts aside to keep going and to keep pushing um, is really important. And that's one of the things I've learned about myself uh, through doing, like I said, now four different marathons and you know, having experience, you know, also in Ironman and you know, ultra, you know, races as well is that our body will continue to tell us we can't or our mind will tell us that we can't, but our bodies is capable of doing more. And I'll be honest. I mean, I, you know, when I got to mile 20, I'm like, okay, this is, I've, I've run 20 and I felt much worse. I feel great right now. I'm smiling and I'm trying to keep my, you know, attitude up and, and, and just being positive. And mile 22, you know, it was, it was one of those things where it's like, okay, I'm, I'm starting to slow down and there's, you know, now I got a headwind and I'm starting to feel cold. And, you know, my mind is telling me, it's like, it's like, okay, it's okay. You can slow down. You can walk if you want. You've got your PR, you know, you're on track. I'm like, if you stop right now and you walk and you take a break, I'm like, even if you PR, you know, just by a minute, it's still, you know, PR, right? But I had to convince myself that I was like, okay, yeah, my mind wants to walk, but my body says, no, you can continue. Don't walk. Walk at the, at the aid station if you need to, you know, take in your fluids, take in, you know, you know the calories that you need, but then keep moving. Keep moving those feet forward and, and try to keep just momentum going because as soon as you stop, then that's where the wheels fall off. And for me, it was, the, is, it was going back and just constantly reminding myself to keep moving that any pain that I was feeling at that point wasn't anything, um, you know, as bad as I'd felt previously on my training runs because I purposely had put myself, you know, as the term goes, in the hurt locker uh, doing my 20 mile train training run where I, I felt really bad and this was nowhere near as bad as what I'd felt before. So that mentally made me stronger to keep pushing regardless of, of what my pace was. And I really did not look at my pace during, um, the run, except when, you know, I got the notification that, you know, I crossed at, at, a, at a mile split. So I, for me, it was a confirmation when my watch would buzz and saying, okay, you're at mile, you know, 16 and you're running at, you know, at 830 pace. I'm like, great. I'm like, that's what I feel like I'm running. Great. I've confirmed it. So keep on going. And, um, and then when I got to mile 22, it was just, all right, where am I at? Okay. It says I'm slowing down. I'm at a, at a 915 pace. All right, I need to push a little bit harder then. I need to keep going. Don't stop. Don't slow down. So that's what kept me going through the end um, is just that mental toughness, that convincing myself and pushing any doubts aside um, and having self-discipline, like you said, at the very beginning, not going out and, and blowing, you know, blowing myself up because of the 332 that was potentially out there. So it takes time. It takes, you know, patience um, to figure it out. And many people, it takes, I don't know how many, more than four times to figure it out, you know, to get the results that they want. But, you know, it, it, we've said it before, 26.2, it's, 
it's an arduous you know distance and it's it's much different than any any other you know race and uh it, it takes it it takes physical and mental toughness to to do that business and and anyone that's out there's training just keep at it just keep pushing you'll get there and for those of you that are thinking about doing it it's it's one of those things i'd recommend that when you're ready to sign up for a marathon jump in and do it you'll learn so much about yourself and what you and you know can do mentally and physically wow what an awesome way to rightfully promote the marathon or perhaps even better stated, a challenge to yourself to not only make yourself better, but to install some disciplines that are required in order to enjoy the journey and perhaps find yourself with the intended accomplishment. D2, of course, I am very proud of you and I appreciate you being willing to be subjected to the Yasso 800s and the complete divulgence and total transparency necessary to share this journey of yours with us. Certainly, we congratulate Tony Peak and all of our friends, at, or Tony Hammett and all of our friends at Peak Racing who did do that race. Sounds like it was a terrific event all around. One of the things that makes for a nice transition. D2, the conversation you and I got to have with Dave DeBoer, our featured conversation for this episode, is almost on the other side of the discipline and distance spectrum. We're calling this episode, Running is a Team Activity. And the reason we say that, for those of you who are familiar with Ragnar, it's an awesome team event. And we're certainly not going to tell you there's no difficulty in the event, but it comes alongside a tremendous amount of fun and a lot of intentionality by Dave and his team at Ragnar to put something together that not only is a great course and a wonderful accomplishment, but replete with all kinds of special memories and things that make the weekend one of those things you'll want to tell others about months after the race itself has come and gone. So please do not go anywhere. We've got a conversation that will set you up for why running is a team activity right after this brief message. It's winter and that spring half marathon or marathon will be here before you know it. As your runs get longer, you'll need additional fuel to power through those long runs and get you across the finish line. Everyone has different needs and tastes, so we recommend that you experiment with different gels, bars, and hydration products to see what works best for you. Stock up and save. Purchase 10 or more individual packets and save 10%. Buy a box and save 15%. Clubs and training groups can combine their discount for additional savings up to 25% off. Come into any Big Peach Running Company location and stock up so you're ready for those long runs. And welcome back to the Run ATL podcast. As we said in our intro, we were going to have some fun today. And certainly, this is one of those opportunities where D2 and I get a chance to be a little bit selfish. For those of you who are longtime listeners, you already know the affinity that D2 and I have for the trails, for off-road running and racing. We need to tell you no more about that, but instead of perhaps reiterating it, we are going to do is bring you a true expert and someone who can quickly 
connect with because of what he does. He is Dave DeBoer. He is the director of trail operations for Ragnar. And he, along with others we've had on this podcast, join me in perhaps having the coolest job in the sport of running. Dave, welcome. Thanks for being part of the Run ATL podcast. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. So you mentioned that you're out west. It is snowing. It is late January as we take this episode. You are also coming up the birth of your firstborn. Congratulations. Before we fired up the mic, you mentioned sleep was in short supply. And the chances to get out and do much trail running or even some skiing is unlikely. Because before we with Ragnar, I ask, I know there are these people who are listening that are like, man, I also am having a frustrating or perhaps a somewhat unpacked beginning to my 2019. How are you coping without being as active as you normally are? You know, it's it's really just kind of reframing priorities um, and really finding the joy in other things. Uh, running and skiing are kind of my outlet. Um, but, you know, having a new baby, um, just really finding kind of joy in the other things. Um, and realizing it'll come back. I think that's the biggest thing is just taking the time uh, for family, taking the time to recover, um, and then knowing that, you know, soon enough it'll it'll come. That is an awesome reminder for all of us, and, and I know it comes at a good time when we can be so high intensity because we think we have to do it just perfectly every single day in this new year. Now let's talk a little bit about, Dave, your role with Ragnar. D2 is going to walk us through some of the really cool elements, not just of our partnership with Ragnar and what's coming down the pike, but also the story that is Big Peach Running Company kind of playing host to when you guys come to our hometown. But before we go there, I know way back in 2004, and we share that. Big Peach Running Company was founded in 2004 as well. That's part of the Ragnar story. Give us the Ragnar story, and please do not refrain from giving us also an indication of what a Ragnar is. Yeah. Um, so Ragnar was kind of born out of this. Uh, Ragnar himself was a legendary uh, hero of Norse mythology. So that's kind of the the impetus of, of Ragnar. He was kind of a larger-than-life explorer, uh, adventurer, kind of a wild man. Um, and that's really um, what we kind of ask our Ragnarians and what they embody, um, kind of that... Uh, Legacy to uh, inspire uh, other people to be free spirited um, and live a fearless life, um, and that was really kind of the the nugget behind Ragnar and what we as a brand uh, kind of associate ourselves with. Um, we really want to encourage people to do things together that they really couldn't do by themselves. Wow, what an awesome way for us to kind of look at our own lives. And even though we have to prove it, I would imagine every single day, and ultimately not only show it to others, but make sure we've convinced ourselves to live that, and you said, fearless life. And my guess is, as the director of trail operations, and that is part of what you have to do every day, is to not only design, but ultimately flawlessly execute courses that give people the confidence that they have at least lived fearlessly when they're in that Ragnar domain. Tell us about some of the things that you do personally to contribute to that brand personality and that lifestyle that is Ragnar? Yeah, great question. I think, you know, our roles here really are to create amazing experiences and build a platform for people 
you know, it's a little bit of a choose-your-own-adventure. You can kind of come to Ragnar uh, as a seasoned ultra runner or someone who's really never run on a trail, and we have a lot of people that have never run on trails before. So we really get to cater the experience uh, for that wide spectrum of people. Um, and that's the fun part for us. We get to create a weekend for you to make your life more awesome and, you know, maybe run farther than you've ever run uh, personally, but you as a team can run, you know, 120 miles in a weekend. Um, and so we kind of meticulously put together our events to kind of make sure those experiences are uh, inspiring for our participants. Well, inspiring it will be for those of you who are getting your taste of this for the first time. As a reminder, we will, of course, put this in our show notes. You'll continue to hear us talk about it in the months ahead. April 12th and 13th at the Georgia International Horse Park, the Ragnar Trail Relay pulls into town. This is something that Dave has been part of before. He has been in Atlanta. He's been part of the Big Peach Running Company family for some time. So what's the result, Dave, with this not being the first time you've done Run Ragnar as a trail in Atlanta? What are some of the things that you're most excited about, whether it is the return of what you do at the International Horse Park or something new together for 2019? What would you say is a live fearless kind of element to the Atlanta event that you're working on? Um, I would say, you know, we're always, we're always trying to expand and modify our events to make that experience a little bit better. Um, we've, we've invested a lot in Thursday night for people to come out, um, and kind of really build that community. Um, so that's something I'd encourage everybody to, to come out, um, come out Thursday, uh, stay for the night and get, get ready and meet some new people. Um, and that's really what it is. It's about building those connections and realizing that we're, you know, we're really not that different while I may be you know, a seasoned ultra runner and you may be uh, new to trails, there's common ground that we both can find um, and inspire each other um, with those stories. Well, and I, I love that sense of community. And you guys really have figured out how to deliver that. You deliver this almost village-like experience. That way, some of the best memories, I think, are made when you're actually not running or not covering some of the mileage as part of that relay. When you think about incorporating the sense of community and camaraderie that is also what Ragnar has become known for, how do you kind of poke that along, knowing that in all the markets that you serve and knowing all of the personality types who will participate, how do you help maybe me as a family member, me as a business owner, better convey that necessity and that enjoyment that truly is community? Because you guys have made that a big part of what you do as much as just finding great courses and producing challenging events. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, that you know, when I talk to a lot of people about what Ragnar is, I think their first instinct is to, to think that it's kind of the super ultra thing that they, they it's not for them. Um, and then when they see it and they, they live it and they breathe it, they kind of understand that um, we, we spend a lot of time to figure out how we can um, create those interactions, whether it's through how our villages are laid out or connecting online before the race. Um, and that's a lot, uh, a lot of what we do. We, we put on a, you know, an overnight running relay, but the reality is when you come to the race, you're spending a lot more time not running than you're, you are running. So we spend a lot of time thinking about how are we going to force those interactions? How are we going to like 
make that experience um, interesting for you because it's a little bit kind of running festival meets adult summer camp. Um, so we spend a lot of time trying to figure out what the what happens when you're not running because um, that's really the majority of the time when you're there. That's an awesome combination. And D2, you've been part of this. I must admit both to Dave as well as to our audience, I have done and not done the one at the Georgia International Horse Park. D2, you're the man with all the experience. You're the man who manages and ultimately embodies for Big Peach Running Company this partnership. Give us some of your take on this. And I'm going to turn this interview over to you because you're going to be, at, be able to ask a couple of pointed questions that, quite frankly, I cannot because I've not had eyes on the same way you have before I allow you to be the interviewer. What is it that just landed on you the first time that you were witness to this? Well, the, it's the experience, and as something David has already uh, kind of brought up, is that there is this community uh, feel. You know, it's you know, I remember showing up for the first time and just seeing this open field with tents, and it was this village. You know, and they've got you know campfires, they've got you know hammocks, and you know uh, they do um, you know. Uh, s'mores and and they're, they're feeding people and they've you know they got porta potties and everything. I mean, it's like they think of everything. And as Dave said, it's you know you're not spending that much you know time running. You're spending more time interacting with others in this very uh, you know community oriented space uh, with a lot of different activities. Whether it's interacting with some of their sponsors and vendors and things like that, but they think of everything, everything from charging your cell phones because they know people are out there, you know, and there's no power, so they've got charging stations for your cell phones and a variety of different things. So they think of everything, but it is that you know, like I said, it's a very fun environment. There's music. They they've uh, they even put. Um, uh, a movie, you know, uh, in the evening to where people can just kind of sit around and, and watch a movie uh, together. So it is, it's a festival, you know, with a little trail running thrown in. And for those that maybe are thinking, well, I'm not really a trail runner. I'm not really an ultra runner because if, you know, the way the course is designed is eventually you're going to run 15 miles, but you're not running 15 miles all at one time. It is broken up. And the trails out there um, at the Georgia International Horse Park are, you know, the, there's a green and a yellow loop that are going to be kind of easy to moderate easily. They're not. There's nothing there that's going to be too technical. Not a lot of elevation change. The red trail has a little bit more of elevation change, but nothing that's too technical. And you just run it at your own pace. And it's just you know, the first time I ran in the evening um, and at night was a really cool experience. I've never really done that, but to run with a headlamp and just everything is kind of blocked out and it's just kind of other, just other runners that, you know, other headlamps that you're kind of seeing in the distance makes it a really unique experience. And it's something that if you've never done before, I would encourage you to, to do it because it's just fun. It, and it also makes it feel like you're running faster than you actually are when you're running at night. Um, so those are some things that I took away from it. I think, you know, we did it as a team, uh, you know, uh, relay with some of the team members. So it allowed me to get to know other team members from other stores. And that's a great way of, if you've got a business, uh, you know, that, and you want a team building type of event to where you get to know people outside of the office, this is a great way of, of doing, uh, you know, something like that, that allows you to connect outside of an office and really try to get to know 
uh, those individuals. Even if you're not interacting with the rest of the community, it allows you with those within your organization to really get to know each other, you know, outside of the office, outside of the four walls, outside in nature, um, to encourage each other, to, you know, um, cheer each other on as you're, as you're racing. Um, but also just to have that downtime to kind of catch up on like what's going on in your life and, you know, what are you doing and, and what are things that are coming up? So, um, yeah, I also want to mention that we are hosting a, a preview trail run on February 16th at 8 a.m. We'll, we will be out at the um, Georgia International Horse Park. And, you know, the course is part of the 1996 uh, Olympic mountain bike course. So we'll be out there at 8 a.m. Everyone is welcome to come out. We'll have some raffles, some giveaways. We'll even do some, you know, um, some post-run stretching uh, with Empower Yoga. We'll do clinics on hydration, nutrition, uh, beginner trail run, uh, you know, uh, Anything that if you've never run trails, we'll answer those questions. If you have questions about the specific event and, you know, running the Ragnar uh, Relay, um, we'll have those and we'll answer those questions there as well. So getting back to, to Dave, I know that for a lot of race directors, it's probably easier. And it's not that it's an easy thing to put on a race because it's not. But when you live in a specific city and you're putting a race in that same city, it's probably a lot easier than when you're traveling from out of state. So what are the things that, you know, you know, you do to kind of help put this and put a village together for a weekend when you're actually out of town? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, we, we spend a fair bit of time in market. You know, we'll um, we'll generally spend uh, the two months before the race will will come out. Um, run the trails, meet with the venue, kind of look at the layout and kind of start to dial in all of those logistics. Um, so we, it is a challenge, but um, both through having our race directors come on site, having ambassadors in market, great partners like yourself, um, and amazing technology that gives us the ability to kind of work through satellite. Um, it is a bit of a challenge, but, you know, it's, it's what we do, and we've, we've kind of found a way to make it work. So, I mean, do you know how many, what kind of man hours go into actually putting, like, you know, you say that, you know, you encourage people to show up on Thursday and, and the race starts Friday and ends typically sometime around Saturday. But I mean, how early are you guys setting up prior to that? Yeah, so we're, we're getting on site about a week before the Sunday before the race. Uh, race director and assistant race director are getting out there. They're spending a couple days with, you know, 30, 40 pound packs out there hiking the trails, setting all of the signage. Um, you know, we have a crew between like staff and volunteers, about 25 people that help put on the event. Um, so it's, you know, anywhere from 1200 to 1500, uh, person hours of time that goes into, um, putting on an event like this. Um, so it's a, it's a fair bit of time and an amazing crew and, just as much for our participants is an amazing experience. It's really fun for the crew. Uh, it really bonds them together, especially when you're, you're kind of in the trenches together. So, you know, for those that maybe, as I already kind of described running at night, what are some of the things that you do? Because I think you guys do a fantastic job as far as marking the, the, the course. What are the things that you do to ensure that no one, you know, no runners gets lost or, or feels, you know, any anxiety or, or, or discomfort while being out on the trails? Yeah, that's that's a great question. I think you mentioned it before. One of the one of the elements of Ragnar is is kind of introducing a bit of challenge, um, and and maybe like pushing your comfort level. And running at night is definitely that for a lot of people. So um, 
we're incredibly proud of how we mark our courses. We have, you know, half inch by five and a half inch reflective signs every, um, you know, 150 to 200 meters. Um, so it's, it's really well signed. Um, we obviously encourage everybody to wear a good headlamp. Um, but it really guides you along the way. If, if you're running in the middle of the night and you, you'll see a sign and then you'll see the next sign and you'll see the next sign and you connect the dots all the way back to the village. Um, you know, very rarely do we hear from people that go out before their loop who are terrified. They come back and they're like, that wasn't so hard. Um, so we, we really, we really take a lot of effort and energy to make it, uh, make it easier and lower the, the, those people. So, yeah, I mean, and that's one of the things that I realized as well when I was out there for the first time doing it is that it is a very well-marked course. Um, there's really no danger of getting lost, uh, especially at night because of the, you know, the headlamp, you know, and the reflective markers. I mean, you could see them way, way down the road, you know, down the trail and the path. Um, you'll see several of them. Um, but also, you also see runners up ahead because they've got the headlamps as well. So that's that's always uh, really cool. What are some things that you guys have done recently? Um, because you've got introduced something I think last year called glamping. Yeah, yeah. So glamping um, was kind of in a beta test uh, last year, and it's really uh, everything you kind of imagine. It's kind of a, a, a hands off. You kind of show up. Your tents are set up for you. You have a cot. You have coolers and ice and a concierge to kind of help with anything that you need. So it really uh, gives the ability either, A, for those that don't want to deal with all the camping stuff or are flying into our event um, to just kind of get a one-stop shop. And they don't have to – you can pack your bags and bring them, and you're kind of ready to go. So that's been a great program that we've now kind of expanded to all of our markets. Um, that's, it's, it's been a lot of fun and very well-received. Well, the only thing I wanted to say, and I don't want to jump in and change the course necessarily, but this is maybe for that small business owner, that man or woman who's leading a family or an organization. One of the things that you and your crew have done, Dave, in my opinion, so well is to continuously innovate. Ragnar, like us, has been around now 15 years, but to say the product that you put out in the market in 2004 or 5 is the same as it is now would be entirely false. And I think all of us as business leaders and as people who are, whether it's personal growth or organizational growth, junkies recognize that versatility and being agile and the term that I don't necessarily like to use, but is so perfect here, pivoting on occasion is something that Ragnar has demonstrated to be very, very capable of. What do you think has been part of that innovation success for Ragnar and how do you build a culture around that? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. Um, I think w first thing we do is listen to our customers. You know, the, a lot of times, you know, we get a, a sense from them of what's working, what's not working, um, and then we realize that, you know, we we have to innovate. We have to change the way that we do business. We have to create new products. We have to change products up. We have to, you know, do all these things um, that help uh, not make our product stagnant. So. You know, being around for 15 years and, you know, trails going into its seventh season, um, we really look at our products um, holistically from is it serving 
what our participants want. And our participants over the past 15 years, their wants and needs have changed. So we we try and stay very in tune with kind of where the market's at, where we want to innovate as a company and what sort of brand we want to be. Um, and then we try and, you know, we try new things and we fail and we learn quickly and we fail again. And we learn quickly. And, and that's got us where we are now, where we're starting to introduce new products and things like glamping and a lot of other cool stuff that's on the horizon. D2, I didn't mean to have you potentially lose your train of thought, but I could not miss that opportunity to talk about innovation, especially knowing that glamping, I think, is part of that. Well, yes, and I mean, that's one of those things I think that, uh, you know, Ragnar is very forward-thinking because it is about the experience, and we've talked about this before on the Run ATL podcast, is that, you know, the experience is is what makes, you know, creates memories, and that's one of the things that I've found, uh, you know, uh, about, you know, doing this series um, and running this trails because, like I said, it allowed me to connect with team members that I did not, you know, maybe I've worked with, you know, or had, had seen in passing, but not didn't really truly get to know. And those are some things that uh, I think is, uh, you know, one of the unique things that 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 I get out of these type of uh, of, of events. Um, I also know that that uh, you guys have also been forward thinking as far as the environment, right? I mean, you guys have done some things that is uh, conservation. I know even with the cell phone chargers and things like that, you guys are doing things with solar. Talk about that. Yeah, sustainability is a huge part of what we do. We know that we put on really large scale events, and so we we try and be. Um, stewards of the environment. So we, we have, um, solar panels on it. We have big 50 foot semi trailer that kind of houses all of our gear. Um, and we run, you know, 80 to 90% on a, on a good day. Um, all of our village power off of solar power. Um, you know, we have composting, recycling at all of our events. Um, you know, our goal at any venue we go to is to leave it better than we found it. So, our staff, we're doing trash sleeps, we're out on the loops, we're cleaning everything. So we, it's, it's, oh, it's been a tenant, um, of trail since it started. Um, and we're starting to see it throughout the road and, and other, um, concepts that we have as well. But it's, it's kind of a, a staple of what we do. And we just like to be good stewards of the places and, and, and where we're at. Well, that is super cool for sure. And if I may, along those lines of being good stewards of the environment, if you think about all the places you've been, Dave, now as part of the trail series and as it has expanded, as it has been around for seven years, not expecting you to say, well, my goodness, Conyers and the Georgia International Horse Park is number one. Sure, we want you to pick us as your favorite child. But as you recollect some of the special memories, not just in Atlanta, but across the series, I would imagine stewarding these special places is probably where at least a few of those memories originate. So not just Georgia, but more to your role. What are some of the special memories that you hold based on the role that you get to play that would inspire anyone who's listening to this and perhaps inspire that person who's never even heard of this to think about it or perhaps even register for it? Yeah, that's a, um, that's a great question. Um, it's, you know, my boss would always say, uh, when people asked him, you know, what's your favorite venue? And the, the answer would always be, well, it was the last one I was at. Um, and we've, we've been really lucky, uh, that we get to put events on in some amazing places. Um, and so we, we really do, 
uh, try and make sure that um, we recognize that. We also look at our platform as a really great educational tool. I know for me and my journey over the past three years, I've learned so much about, you know, composting and solar and all these things that, you know, maybe I wasn't as attuned to. Um, but through this role, it's given me an opportunity uh, both to learn a ton as well as help educate a lot of other people about really simple ways that we can help the environment, that we can be better stewards, that we can just be better citizens. Um, so that's been fun as we kind of travel around the country meeting amazing people, working with great partners. Um, really, there's really easy and simple things that we can do. I spend so much time on the trails and the mountains, and I always come back you know, with a pack full of trash. It's not about the fact that pack full of trash. Just when you realize you start to take these little steps, they come on themselves. So fun on how we can kind of further our journey. Well, and I love the fact that you answered that way because to me it almost epitomizes what you said at the onset. And that is really Ragnar, whether it's for you individually or for any of us who get a chance to be around it, is a lifestyle. It's living fearlessly and it's doing just what you indicated that you may be doing nothing more than getting some of your weekly mileage in, but your intent to leave a place better than what you found it carries over into that personal life of yours as much as it does when you get on the road, end up in a place like the Georgia International Horse Park, and before you get on that plane, know that that horse park is better because Ragnar was there for the weekend than what it would have been if you had not come to town. Final question. I'm going to give you an opportunity to kind of take us to a break. You have races, and certainly we'll include this in our show notes, of a variety of of type, whether it's relay on road, whether it's trail. I love the mindset behind this new experiment of the sunset series. You have races here domestically, whether it's practically on the Canadian border or closer to the Mexican border, whether it's as far east as Cape Cod or as far west as Southern California. You're in Europe. You're in Australia. I mean, you guys cover the spectrum. But now when you're talking to, let's say, one person, we're going to tune out a vast majority of the Run ATL podcast audience. We're going to tune out everyone who visits your website every single day. If you just had one person who was not yet sure Ragnar was for them, knowing that it is a lifestyle, but that it is a lifestyle for so many people, what would you say to them to maybe have them think just a little bit differently about who they are and how they should live? starting this next moment or certainly tomorrow? Yeah, I mean, that's a that's a great question. I think the, the one thing I've realized is that we're, we're always better together than we are alone. Um, and I think that's what embodies Ragnar is it's not about you doing something individually. It's about you coming together as a team to push yourself and your team to do something that – Almost most people can't do by themselves. Um, and that, that to me is something I try and live by. Um, and something I would encourage everybody to maybe, maybe push their goals a little bit further than what their comfort level is. And they're gonna, they're gonna find a whole new world of opportunities and things that they never thought were possible. Um, whether it's trail running or whether it's, 
changing their lifestyle, whatever it is. I think, you know, when you can get a group of people around you on a common goal, your probability of accomplishing that goal is so much better. Um, and that's what we try and do at Ragnar is it's all about the team. It's, you know, we're not, we, we're a relay race because we believe that group and community is an important part of that. Wow. What an awesome answer. And I love the fact that you started off saying we are better together. And then you talk about what is accomplished as a group, because I do believe for this year's participants, for all of the participants, perhaps historically and in the future for Ragnar, they're going to take something with them besides just a finisher's award. They're going to take some life lessons and some things they can apply in other parts of their life that will be part of that special memory that is Ragnar. As a couple of very important reminders, as D2 indicated on February 16th at 8 a.m., we will be at the Georgia International Horse Park for the preview run. That is open to everyone, whether you're already signed up, whether you're kicking the tires, or whether you're going to be out of town that special weekend in April. We want you to come be part of the fun. You can find all of the details at bigpeachrunningco.com. Certainly you'll find a link to sign up. There is no charge to do so. It will be all kinds of fun. I can promise you that. And then for those of you who are already thinking this is for me, do not forget on April 12th and 13th, Ragnar Trail rolls into town at the Georgia International Horse Park. You can register at runragnar.com or through links at bigpeachrunningco.com. D2, you've been there. I will remember this for a long time. You mentioned how it's not just while you are running that you are improving yourself or the relationships that matter to you, whether it's a team in the office, whether it's an extended family, whether it's even a bunch of strangers or neighbors who have come together. I hope our entire audience takes that it. it's not just going to be an athletic accomplishment, but a life accomplishment for them and should be part of it. Dave, thank you for spending this time with us. I know we're better for it. I know our community is better for it. We're looking forward to having you in town before too long. As we've said, in the past to Ragnar, if there's something we can do to make Atlanta the most memorable city you visit all year long, just let us know what it is. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. I'll be out there uh, for the preview run, so I'm excited to, to reconnect with everybody and uh, enjoy those beautiful trails. Awesome. He is Dave DeBort, the Director of Trail Operations for Ragnar Relay. We will be right back after this very short break. Do your feet hurt? Feel any discomfort in your joints or lower back when you run? Your shoes might be the root of the problem. Whatever your fitness level, your feet should be comfortable and your shoes shouldn't be the cause of an injury or keep you from achieving your fitness goals. Come into any of our seven Big Peach Running Company locations for a free three-step fit process, including a video gait analysis. Our professional fitters will help get you into shoes that fit so you can enjoy running, walking, or any activity that requires you to be on your feet. Our 100% satisfaction guarantee will give you peace of mind if your new shoes don't live up to your expectations. Simply return them. No problems, no hassles, no time limit. We want to make sure you're completely happy with your shoes so you can achieve your fitness goals. Visit Big Peach Running Company today. And welcome back to the Run ATL Podcast D2. That was fun. Ragnar is a brand and 
an activity that we can relate to so easily because the personality and the endeavor itself is full of fun, full of life, full of enthusiasm. And my goodness, if that's not Big Peach Running Company, the Run ATL podcast and who we are, I don't know what else possibly could be. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I've I've done it. I've uh, I think it's a it's a great team activity. I think it's one of those things that if you're a company, um, an organization looking to do some team building or some you know just rallying around and just getting to know your team better, this is a great event to do it. It's it's local here, uh, you know, to Atlanta. So you know why not? You don't have to travel, reduce some expenses, and also if you're up for it, you know, I'd say take up the glamping. Um, you know, uh, option that way you don't, you just show up, you don't have to bring tents or coordinate anything. Everything's right there. It's self-sufficient. It's just like show up and then, and run and enjoy it. I mean, it makes, it makes it a much easier because having done it before, you know, where you're bringing in tents and food and coolers and setting stuff up, it, you know, it can be a lot of, uh, you know, uh, additional stress and things to worry about leading up to, um, the event. But overall, it's great, and I would recommend anyone do that. And for those that are interested in doing this event, if you have not already signed up, Big Peach is offering a discount code uh, with our partnership with Ragnar. Um, You will get $80 off a team registration if you use the code BPRC19. Um, The offer expires on March 6th. So you've got until March 6th to sign up. If you're considering it, that's $80 off of your team registration right there with code BPRC19. Awesome. And the other thing that I know we're doing, D2, that you've been hyper-involved with is the preview run. We mentioned it a couple of times with Dave. It allows those who have done it before to remind themselves what running at the Georgia International Horse Park is like. For those who have not done it, it gives them an opportunity to kind of see the vision that is the finished product as the Ragnar Trail Relay. And for those who are not going to be around that weekend or just simply are not going to be able to do it for whatever reason, it gives them an opportunity to experience a little bit of Ragnar and certainly have a lot of fun at an activity that is free, is open to all, and is something that is quickly approaching. Do you mind just sharing the details with that? particular endeavor with everyone one more time? Sure, absolutely. So um, the event will be on February uh, 16th uh, at 8 a.m. It will be at the Georgia International Horse Park. Um, You can um, find the details through our website. Um, Just go to any of our store pages and under the event sections and you'll uh, be able to find it and it will provide a little bit more detail as to what to expect. But basically, we're going to run two of the loops, two of the easier loops uh, out of the three that will end up being about 10 miles and that way you'll be able to be familiar with the course. This is free of course and it is not just for those that have signed up or those that are considering. It is open to anyone if you just want to go out and just never run trails and want to figure out who's like, I want to learn how to run trails or what, it, what does it take to run trails? Come on out. We're going to have a clinic, a session on, you know, you know, trail running 101, nutrition, what to expect. For those of you that are interested in Ragnar, um, we'll tell you kind of what you should bring, what you shouldn't bring, what to expect on the day of the event. Um, we'll also have a post-run yoga session. Our friends from Empower Yoga will be out there um, as well. So we'll be running for about, you know, 10 miles. Miles and you know you don't have to run ten if you if you're not up to it you can we definitely can cut that shorter but then afterwards you can stretch out and 
and uh, with some yoga. We'll also have our mobile uh, unit, Big Peach on Wheels, will also be out there. So if you need to, you know, pick up shoes or, you know, supplies that you need for trail running or for your regular road running, we'll be out there to offer some convenience uh, as you pick some, you know, stuff up. And then as far as where we'll be at, I know that we've had confusion for this before. You know, the directions um, and the address is the, uh, although listed as a Georgia International Horse Park, um, that's not, we will be in that general vicinity, but this is where they do this, the, the horse uh, steeplechase. It's the area, there's an open field directly from Hawthorne Suites. Um, and uh, so you'll look for that there. Um, and of course, if you're driving on Centennial Olympic Parkway, you'll see the big yellow Big Peach on Wheels as a great uh, landmark, and we'll be, be parked there. And there will be restroom facilities available there um, where we'll be set up. And uh, so come on out, join us. Like I said, it is a free event, and it uh, should be a good time for everyone. Awesome. It will be a good time. It's going to be a fun, fun morning. I appreciate you sharing that. And I also have to admit, as I heard you talk about Big Peach on Wheels, it reminded me of some encouragement that I want to deliver as we are in the midst of the 2019 track and field season. I was recently at the Georgia Track and Field and Cross Country Coaches Association conference for the state of Georgia. We were there as part of a feature that included Big Peach on Wheels. So now that we're in the midst of that season, all of the coaches, the booster clubs, the team parents, and certainly the student athletes and their fans, they are off to the races, as they say, as these meets commence and as the practices continue. And certainly on behalf of D2, the Run ATL podcast, and all of us at this running company, we genuinely wish you the best of luck and the most success in this season. It is so cool to see how you prove that what we said at the onset of that conversation is so true, and that is running is a team activity. And for those of you who may not have kids or kids who are doing track and field, check out whether it's your school calendar locally, Georgia mile split is certainly a resource. You'll find there are track meets most weekends as we head into spring, and it would be so easy for you to go see what the fuss is all about. And we would heartily encourage you to take in a track meet and watch these young men and women do exactly what D2 said he needed to do to achieve his marathon PR, and that is institute and execute a substantial amount of discipline in the pursuit of accomplishment and so much more. So we would encourage you to do that. And again, best of luck to all of the teams this season. Also, Big Peach on Wheels, as we conclude this episode, I'll remind everyone, even though the calendar is getting increasingly booked, I cannot believe what we already have on the books for January and February. We've been to a number of schools. For those of you who run organizations or have big departments or are working in a school system, one of the things we love to do is come to you through Big Peach on Wheels. It allows us to do fun activities and present you the option of being fit or doing some shopping, playing some cornhole, watching some videos, being part of a clinic, all right there on site, whether it's in your school's parking lot or outside where you and your team 
tend to go for lunch or ultimately perhaps are leaving your workplace. It has been really, really cool. We have a program associated with Big Wheels called Leave Some Behind where a percentage of your purchases are left for a designated charity or a booster club or a nonprofit. And I would welcome an email to onwheels at bigpeachrunningco.com if you have some ideas where Big Peach on Wheels should be. Again, it'll be at the Horse Park in early February for the preview run. It's going to be at a lot of schools between now and the end of track and field season. You'll see it pop up in your neighborhood at some point, I am sure. But for now, what we'll tell you, what we always need, as we certainly and rightfully say, what we hope for just two weeks until we're back with an exciting episode, we're going to have Carrie Allison on as our featured conversation. She's going to give us all kinds of good insight from her Olympic career and all other things she has done since. For the time being, we would just say, may your best miles be those covered on foot.